my brothers and sisters, welcome to Knowing the Way, the podcast designed to help you know Jesus Christ through words of love and encouragement. I'm your host, Minister Greg, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that our time together in God's Word will equip you for good success in your everyday life. So let's give praise and glory and honor to our Heavenly Father on today, for this is the day that he has made. And I know that no matter what you're going through, whether good or bad, if you're having a great day or not so great day, we can rejoice in him and be glad. So let's talk about tithing. It can be very confusing to understand, depending on what you were taught and your experiences with it. Now, I know a few believers who have tried it, and when they didn't see an instant financial return, they became discouraged with the idea of giving, and they just stopped doing it. But I've also met those who were willing and cheerful in giving a part of their finances as a tithe to the Lord. Now, me, I believe without a doubt that if we really try, we can all agree that tithing is a very valuable principle, both financially and spiritually. Tithing can have merits in the finances and the spiritual life of a believer. Let me read the most popular scripture on tithing in the Bible, and that is, of course, Malachi chapter 2, verse 10. I'm reading the New Life Version, and it says, Bring the tenth part into the storehouse, so that there may be food In my house, test me in this, says the Lord of all. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out good things for you until there is no more need. Let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, let's define the tithe. The tithe is one tenth of soluble income. It's a tenth of what we use as currency. It's a tenth of our income, what we use to provide for our families, what we use to provide and sustain our natural lives. The tenth that buys food, the tenth that pays bills, the tenth that um, we can give, the tenth that helps us get to work, the tenth that we earn uh, uh, is a soluble in- of a soluble income. In other words, that income uh, needs to be something that we use as an exchange of currency. Now, that tenth, that tithe, it, when it's given, is to be properly used by church administration to provide spiritual and natural food for God's people. That tenth, that tithe, is to be used properly by good stewards who are church administrators, but it provides both spiritual and natural food for God's people. Now, I know that every church can't do this because we have churches of many different sizes, not just congregations of many uh, denominations, but we've got churches of many different sizes. But what I do believe is that when we have good stewards in place, church administrators, business administrators, the tithe that comes into the church, the tithe that comes into that ministry is to provide food for God's people. That's what he just said in Matthew, I'm sorry, Malachi chapter two. Bring the time into the house that there be be food, meat in my house. Now, we're talking about something digestible, meat, food, that we can purchase food for food pantries. I mean, especially during this time of COVID, we're facing a lot of challenges in the area of, of food deserts in communities. Kids going without food for days because their parents cut where hours were cut back at work or they lost their jobs. And these are believers. These aren't just unsaved folk. 
These are believers who really need financial help. And if your church isn't that big, that's one thing. But if your church is to the size that it can help somebody, there should be no excuse for not being able to have a program set in place where those where the tithe can be a blessing to the people of God. The spiritual food, of course, is the word of God. I mean, we need lights. We need resources to study. We need Bibles and books to teach. So it doesn't just provide our spiritual and fulfill our spiritual hunger. I mean, our natural hunger, it provides and then meets the needs of our spiritual hunger as well. You don't want a pastor reading from a, a tattered Bible continually where pages are falling out of it. You don't want your Sunday school or children's church teachers not to have curriculum to, to share with the young people so that they can grow in the grace and knowledge of God. And if they do, you don't want them using outdated curriculum. You see, the tithe, when it's done right and distributed properly, keeps the church in tune with what's going on in society. It keeps us up to date. It keeps us uh, uh, able to purchase current curriculum. So we don't have to look back and use age old uh, uh, books and references to teach our children something that now to teach our children something that's passe. Now, let me make this clear. The Bible is not passe, but there are resources and curriculum built around the Bible that may have changed over time. And bringing the tithe to the storehouse, bringing the tenth of a soluble income to the storehouse allows the believers to grow because they are good stewards in place who are taking the tithe collectively and they're buying and purchasing what the what the body of Christ needs for that local church. You see, in this in this Malachi scripture, this is where God allows his children to test his promise. In this Malachi scripture, God allows you and me to test his word. Now, there are a lot of times in the scriptures where God asks us to do something and he doesn't tell us that we can test him. He doesn't say, prove me now. He just says, I want you to be obedient. I want you to listen and do what I say. But here in a place where we are, are hit hard, he allows us to test him. God is so good. And when we test him, we'll see that he is a great provider because even though God will provide more than we can ever give, he doesn't want the thought of a return to be the reason why we give. Even though God will blow our minds, we're thinking about getting one thing in return and he gives us so much more. But here's the trick. I take that back. Not the trick. Here's here's the method. Here's what God wants us to remember. I don't want you to give with the with the thought of getting. I want you to give with a heart of gladness. I want I don't want the reason of a return to be why you gave. I don't want you to think about I'm going to give this 10 so I can get a million back. That is not why God, want, God wants us to give the tithe. He didn't say he, he didn't say put, bring the tent so you can get a hundred. He said, bring the tent so there'll be food. But then he said, see, test me, allow me to show you if I will not open windows in heaven and pour out good things for you until you have no need. Now, think outside of the box, saints and friends. Don't just allow your process, your thought process, when you hear the word need, don't just allow it to be a financial need. 
because you know people in your family, in your friends, in your circle of influence who need healing. You know people who need to be delivered from grief. You know people who need to come out of the darkness of sin and into the marvelous light of Christ. You can't pay God uh, to bless you. And you can't really, you can't give your way out of a blessing. But your obedience shows God how much you love him. And his return to you, when he opens that window, it shows you how much he loves you. See, his love isn't conditional. God doesn't work tit for tat. As a matter of fact, I, I back in the day, I, but until I was taught better, I used to say we was paying our tithes. We pay our tithes. We're going to pay. But then someone helped me realize that when I pay something, I'm giving really involuntarily or involuntarily. When I pay something, I'm really giving something involuntarily. Think about your mortgage. Would you really give your mortgage to a lender? No, because when you pay, you have come into an agreement with that lender that says, I'm going to pay you so much to purchase this home. I'm going to pay you so much to use your electric service or so much to use your water service. I'm going to pay you so much to drive this car. So I'm paying you. But when I come, when it comes to God, I'm giving. When it comes to my tithe, I'm giving. I'm not paying my tithe because I can't buy blessings. But I can give to God out of a loving, cheerful, thankful heart. And in return, my heavenly father that sees how much I love him will show me how much he loves me. So don't let the thought or idea of getting something back be the reason why you give. Don't let that be the reason why you give your time. Let's talk about first Timothy chapter six. Verse 10 says the love of money is the beginning of all kinds of sin. Some people have turned from the faith because of their love for money. They have made much pain for themselves because of this. You know, when we desire to have and keep money, it causes us to miss God's voice when he wants us to give. When you and I allow the desire to have money to over to to overtake us, we call it causes us to miss God's voice when he tells us to give when he wants us to give. Let's think about the rich young ruler. Me and a buddy of mine were just talking about this yesterday and how he obeyed the word of God. He followed all of the laws. He followed the financial and the spiritual principles. And he was wealthy. The rich young ruler. Plenty of money. And he was asked to do one more thing. Obey one more command. Obey one, follow one more principle. Give it all to the poor. Give it away. And the Bible says he walked away sorrowful. He walked away unhappy. He walked away in grief because after all he had amassed, instead of him getting the riches, the riches got him. And instead of him recognizing that the giver of the gift had just allowed him to open his heart, give that stuff away and make room for more. He decided to keep it to himself. He did not want to give because his heart wanted to hold on to what he had. Sounds like somewhere down the line, 
he started to think that he was gaining all this wealth and that wealth wasn't being provided for him by God. He began to think that he was the source, but he was actually forgetting that everything he had was a resource. His father, his heavenly father, God, was the actual source. And when he felt like the source was gone, he was sorrowful. He had forgotten, the rich young ruler had forgotten that God was his source. And with that, just like the rich young ruler, the love of money has called many believers to turn away from the body of Christ. Just like that, in the blink of an eye, the love of money has caused many, many believers to turn away from the body of Christ. It has caused them to reject what God has wanted to do in their lives. God has wanted to open so many doors for us and create so many avenues that, that reminds us and lets us know that he will provide for every single need that we have. But we close those doors and we shut off those avenues when we become greedy and stingy and selfish. Greed and the mishandling of finances has often divided friends, destroyed families, and broken marriages. That greed, that, that desire for uh, uh, obtaining and possessing and then wanting more and wanting more on top of more, it has divided friends. You see a person that you loan $20 to and they, they, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. And then next thing you know, they've got something new. And, they, and then they, and some even have the audacity to talk about how much money they spent even after they borrow money from you. But the return of what they said they would give you never comes up in the conversation. That's greed. That's selfishness. And many friends have been uh, uh, many friendships have been destroyed over greed. Many families have been torn apart because of greed. Cousins and brothers and sisters and even uh, parents, siblings, not talking to each other because he owes me money. It's, it's so prevalent at funerals when uh, mama died and, and she told me I could have this. Daddy died. And he told me I could have that. No, he said I could have it. I could have I could have I could destroying families, breaking marriages. The husband and the wife, one of the top arguments between married couples is over money. But money is not the root of evil. It's the love of it. So the really, the argument isn't over money. It can be over greed or the mishandling of finances. If you have a husband or wife that's not good at paying bills and things get behind, yeah, that's, that's mishandling of finances. And that can cause so much strife. The scripture said it. It caused much pain because of greed. Greed causes so much pain. Mishandling the finances causes so much pain because it affects believers. It affects the people involved in those relationships. So let's remember this. It's not just the giving of tithes, but tithing must be done for the right purpose. You know, tithing is considered sowing. And we all understand not the stitching sowing. But the sowing into the ground, the sowing of seed, the planting of seed and tithing is can be considered sowing because you're planting seed into good ground. Now, when you plant, 
you're not going to take valuable seed and plant it in, in sand because you won't get a return and you've just wasted valuable seed. But when you plant seed into good soil, you'll get a return. And a lot of things take place when that happens. Number one, you always get more than you planted. You can plant a few seeds, but harvest an entire crop. You always, God's principle, make sure that you always get more than you planted. So that means there's more to give. There's, there's some for you to have and there's some for you to give. So when we sow into a ministry, into a church, check it out first. Don't just go to a church because they got good singing and they're really nice people. Check out their finances. Time that must be done for the right purpose. This act of giving has got to come from your heart. It's got to come from a desire to give unto God. Tithing is got, has got to come from a desire to give unto God. And you and I, we tithe because we trust God. We don't tithe to become rich or gain status in the body. We don't tie to become known as, oh, that's Greg. He's a great giver. He gives a lot. Always above and beyond. No, my tithe is, is placed in a ministry because I trust God. And, and it goes back to the Monocrat scripture. His word I, I, tells me that I can, I can prove him. I can, I can test him in this act of giving. So that's why I give. I give to be obedient. And I'm obedient to somebody that I trust. If he tells me to tithe, I love him and trust him. I know he won't steer me the wrong way. I know he won't tell me something that will hurt me. So I give and I give joyfully, cheerfully because God has requested that of me. Notice he doesn't demand you to bring the tithe into the storehouse. He doesn't demand that you give because he doesn't want you to do it unwillingly. He wants you to do it cheerfully. This financial gift is brought together and compiled with other such gifts to meet the needs and supply necessities for the body of Christ. Hey, guys, the, the, the church has to have repairs. The church has an AC unit that keeps you warm in the summer and cool in the winter. Or do I have that wrong? It's cool in the summer and warm in the winter. But who wants to go to a church and it's a 95 degree day and the AC isn't working. Who wants to go to a church that all you got is hard back seats and you've been in ministry for 10 years? Who wants to go to a church where we're still reading the same Sunday school books because we can't afford new ones? And why can't we afford new ones? We don't have any money. This is the issue that some churches are facing. And now with covid there's been a lot of churches that has even had to shut down because giving had dropped. So your financial gift is compiled to meet the needs of others and supply necessities for the body of Christ. This giving provides much needed help in missions to foreign countries. This giving, this meat goes overseas. This meat impacts your community. This meat, this meat impacts your state. This meat impacts your other, other countries. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, other states in, in this country and other countries on this planet. God has provided a way 
to touch hearts and meet needs through the tithe. And when you and I bring that tithe together, when we place it in the hands of good stewards and they obey God and and do what needs to be done with that, with those tithes, with that, that generosity, uh, it can be a blessing to many, many people. But who but what happens in the end? God gets all the glory. God is glorified and magnified when a kid that has no shoes can finally walk in a pair of sneakers or a family that had no food to eat can now sit down and eat dinner for a week or two weeks or even a month until they can get back on their feet because the local church or that church in in wherever it is in that state, in that country was able to send a financial obligation to missions through missions and be a blessing. And please remember this. Don't just be a blessing overseas. So you can say, I gave to those poor starving children in, in Serbia and Africa and Iraq and India. What about your next door neighbor who you know needs something to eat, needs a place to stay? What about giving to the shelters in your city that when it gets cold outside, the homeless can have somewhere to go? No, you can't keep them in your house. And no, the church doesn't have a place to hold them. But do you realize if you've helped fund a homeless shelter, they can come in out of the cold and out of the heat? Your giving helps them to create a place, a safe place for them to, 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 to habitate or, or to, to hang out until they can get back on their feet. Matter of fact, you help support uh, those time that time help supports classes and 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 uh, organizations that work toward getting people back on their feet and that comes from your generous giving of your time i want to read a statement from the philanthropy roundtable website that was hard to say the philanthropy roundtable website and this is what they say, and I quote, over the last couple of decades, soaring interest in the poorest of the poor by evangelical Christians in particular has made overseas giving the fastest growing corner of American charity. One result, U.S. voluntary giving to overseas poor now totals $44 billion annually, far more than the $33 billion of official aid distributed by the U.S. government, end quote. In other words, evangelical Christians have given $11 billion more than the United States government to missions overseas. We call it missions. They know it's for them. It's known as official aid. We've been a blessing more than the government. And you know what? That's a powerful testimony to the love that God has for his people. If they've gotten the 33 billion in from the USA, I'm sure they're grateful. But what you can do and, and it's not to outdo the government. Let, let, let me make that clear. This was this. I didn't read this because it says the church does better than the government. What I wanted to make clear is that the giving of the ministries, the household of faith, it should outseed the it should outgive the government. They should exceed the government because the government gives out of a necessity to 
keep friendships and, and, and keep peace. But God gives because he loves his people. God gives because he loves people. He loves his people and he wants their needs supplied. And it allows his people to test his word. It allows his people to prove him. And he comes through every time. And let me read this. And I found out during uh, between 2019 and now it says giving has been consistent for churches during the COVID pandemic. That's a powerful statement. Giving has been consistent for churches during the COVID pandemic. Recent studies have shown that tech savvy churches did better financially during COVID. Tech savvy churches did better financially. And to me, that's no surprise. Because the tech-savvy church has to spend money to become more modern and current with social media and live streaming. And you can't just walk up to Best Buy or any other electronic store and say, I'm going to tithe my time to purchase this microphone or to purchase this sound mixing equipment or to purchase these computers and laptops and desktops so we can live stream. Or we're going to call YouTube and set up an unlimited account with a tithe of our time. You try that and let me know how it goes, okay? Tech-savvy churches did better financially because they kept their members engaged. They stayed in communication with their members. And they spread out even more. The word of God, the gospel of Christ was able to go even farther than it could on Sunday mornings within the pulpit. Tech savvy churches did better. And I really believe it's because they had good stewards monitoring the finances and they made good decisions concerning what God had told them to do with those finances. And when it comes to church finances, tithing and giving either increased or remained steady during COVID. When it comes to finances, tithing and giving either increased or remained steady during COVID. Another testimony of how the believers faith and trust in the word of God is showing up. The believers faith in God has come forth and God has proven himself over and over and over again to be a great provider. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, each man should give as he's decided in his heart. He should not give wishing he could keep it, or he should not give if he feels he has to give. God loves a man who gives because he wants to give. We know that scripture in a more familiar context, and that is God loves a cheerful giver. You, hey, God understands and cares deeply about our financial circumstances, okay? God, God is concerned about the, your lack of finances. God is concerned when you don't have enough to make your ends meet. God is concerned if you had to close your small business. God is concerned that your hours got cut and you have to call and make arrangements to delay payments or defer payments. He's concerned about that. But he wants you to continue to give with a cheerful heart, even if it's minimal, even if it's less than what you were given before. Please continue to give it with a cheerful heart. 
We just read it. He doesn't want you to give wishing you could hold on to it. He doesn't want you to say, man, I, I, I got to pay this time. You know, when you give someone something, you really do it because you, you want them to have it. That's what generosity is. That's what giving is. I want you to have this. I'm not going to charge you for it. I'm not going to ask you to give me something in return. I want you to have this. So I'm going to give it to you. And God is not going to ask you for more than you're able to give. Like I said, he understands our circumstances. He knows that our hours are cut. He knows that we had to lay off some people. He knows that our job has let us go. He knows these things. And he's concerned about it. He's not worried about it. He's concerned about how you feel. He, he's concerned enough to make provision for you. He's concerned enough to create resources and avenues for you if you'll just continue to give out of obedience and with a cheerful heart. And let me say this, tithing does not impact your salvation. Tithing does not impact your salvation. So not only are you still going to heaven if you don't tithe, but you're not going to gain any more glory in heaven if you give more. You're not going to make a, a, a brighter future for yourself in the kingdom of God by giving more just because you, you want to show off. When God tells us to give a 10, he didn't mean a ninth or an 11th. He meant a 10. Why did he say a 10? I don't know. But there's a purpose behind everything God does, and we'll know that when we need to know it. But for now, let's just be obedient and cheerful when we give. And remember that tithing doesn't impact your salvation. If you can't give right now, work so you can do what you can. Obey God and do what you can until you can give. And I promise you, God will make a way for you to be able to give cheerfully. You see, God doesn't just love a tither. He loves a believer who cheerfully gives. God doesn't just love a tither, but he loves the believer who gives with a cheerful heart. So it's not just, I tithe. God loves me more than he loves you. You don't tithe. God loves the man, the woman, the boy or girl who gives with a grateful and thankful heart, whose desire and passion it is to give, who says, man, I can't wait to give something to God. I can't wait to give my tithe. I can't wait to give him an offering. You see, when it comes to uh, each man deciding what he should give, God has already dictated and told us what he wants from the tithe. The offering, now we're talking about something different. The offering is what you can determine from your heart to give to God. Nobody from the pulpit should tell you what to give to God in an offering unless, unless you can trust that man or woman of God and they have said that God has spoken to them. If they say they want you to give a certain amount, and they say God has spoken to them and you trust them. Make sure you can trust them. Make sure they've got a proven track record. Then OK. But I'm sitting under teaching. My pastor always asks us to seek the Holy Spirit and ask him what you should give when it comes to offering. Ask the Holy Spirit what you, you should give. And I think that's a good measuring stick when it comes to giving an offering, when it comes to giving of alms. Ask the Holy Spirit. The Bible said he'll lead us and guide us into all truth. He'll tell us what we need to do. 
Tithing is the believer's proof that God is the source of our provision. When we tithe, when we give that tenth of a soluble income, we prove that God is the source of our provision. Why? Because we could do a lot of things with that tenth. There's many a time when I thought I could pay a bill with this tenth. I could take my family out to dinner with this tenth. I could go on a vacation with this tenth. But I trusted God. I trusted God to provide for me, to give me the things that I wanted, and especially give me the things that I needed. And God has shown himself. I'm a living witness, guys. God has shown himself to be the source of provision. And he was kind enough and merciful enough to let me have a little bit that I could do something that I wanted to do. Ain't God good? You know, what a Christian believes about tithing really shows their level of growth and spiritual maturity. Whatever a Christian believes about tithing will reveal their level of spiritual growth and maturity. It'll show you just how mature, just how spiritually mature they are. And we need to know that we, we need to continue to watch the maturity of others. We need to continue to watch our own spiritual growth and maturity because God didn't want us to remain babes. He didn't want us to remain those those men and women who are constantly drinking milk. He wants us to grow in the meat of his word because meat provides protein for energy and strength to do work. And there's a work that God is calling us to do. And when we tithe, we continue to provide meat so that we can give it to the people and they can continue to be strong and do great exploits for God. And guys, I'm going to close with this. The giving of a tithe is one of the most simple acts of true worship. Giving your tithe is one of the most simple acts of true worship to God. There's, there's, there's no other way to put it. It is so simple because it comes from your heart. It comes out of your wallet, but it comes from your heart. Your tithe, my tithe, my giving, your giving should be a heart. It should be a heart thing. And it should be such a desire to please God by giving him the tithe. That it becomes second nature. It becomes like breathing, like getting up in the morning and, and, and going through what you do every day. I know we have routines and it's good to change them up sometimes. And I think we can do that with the giving of the tithe. Is that when we continue to give the tithe, look forward to God doing something brand new in your life. Look forward to God doing something creative, spectacular. And, and don't look forward to be money. Don't look for it to be a return on the, the, the uh, financial return on what you gave. There'll be plenty of time for that. God will make sure that you are taken care of. Because when you and I tithe, we show God that we love him more than we love our finances. And we show him that he is our true source. That we know him, recognize him, and believe that he is the only provider who can take care of all things for all believers. Well, brothers and sisters, again, our time is up. Thank you again for listening today. If you have any questions or comments, we need you to write to us at ktwm96 at yahoo.com. That's ktwm96 at yahoo.com. 
And please click on that subscribe button so you can be notified of new podcast episodes. And hey, you can even like, comment, and share on our Knowing the Way Ministries Facebook and Instagram pages. And with some more exciting news, we are now a member of the Helium Radio Network family. Go to heliumradio.com, that's heliumradio.com, and click on the home button. And when we go there, click on Life Improvement Radio. Our Knowing the Way podcast airs Sundays at 11.30 a.m. on Life Improvement Radio, a station of the Helium Radio Network. We're so looking forward to you guys tuning in and enjoying these podcasts. We pray that they're a blessing in your life. So, my friends, until next time, may God bless you and keep you. May his face smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he grant you favor and give you peace in Jesus' name. And always remember this, you are.